0: Good morning and welcome. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights, and today we continue with our series Outpouring. We started it beautifully yesterday, and thank you for your feedback. Time has the most beautiful way of saving out the fluff from the important things, and that is why, even neither 10-year-old knows how to drive, they have to wait until they are at least 16 to get a Learner's permit or driving license. Because driving is more than getting behind the wheel and making that car move. No, It involves a lot more that can only be learned between the time one gets the car moving successively and the time one can be declared safe to drive, both for themselves and for other road users. And so today, as we talk about the outpouring, one of the aspects we'll be covering is Waiting. Because waiting is one of the most difficult aspects of our lives in general. And not just the Christian life, because people just don't like to wait. But we do nevertheless, because it's part of the process of getting what and where we want. And remember, we dedicated a whole week to talk about waiting. You can check that out in our episodes, waiting. The book of Acts is a continuation by Luke from where he left in the book of Luke. He begins by addressing the Ophilas, a Roman official whom he held in high regard. Luke introduces the risen Christ to the Ophilas and the promise that Jesus had made to his disciples. He presents a continuation of Christ's work after his resurrection. And so today we are going to go through the text in the book of Acts as we share about the outpouring. Acts chapter 1, I'll start from verse 1. Luke says to the Ophilas, In my former book, the Ophila, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And he said this after he said this, he was taken up before up uh, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, men of Galilee, they shade, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go to heaven. So in verse 2 and 3, Luke reminds the the last works of Jesus before his accession. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, gave his disciples commandments and infallible proof of life as he taught them things pertaining to the kingdom of God during the 40 days that he was with them after the resurrection. And I want us to note here something very important. At this stage, Jesus is resurrected, glorified, but even with the authority and the sovereignty that was his, He chose to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to direct the instruction he was about to give the disciples. So before he even got to the point where he would tell them to wait upon the Holy Spirit, he himself set an example of the role of the Holy Spirit in the mission they were about to undertake. There could be no better example to show that we cannot do the work appointed us without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If our Lord Jesus Christ, with all his power, relied on, on the Holy Spirit to do ministry, even after resurrection, what else can we do? And then in verse 4 and 5, we see Jesus giving his final command to his disciples. They were to do nothing else but wait for the Holy Spirit. This was the promise of the Father, without which they would not have done anything meaningful for the kingdom of God. It was a gift promised by God himself, which was bound to be fulfilled, that it was worth waiting for, something that they would have to have faith and patience to receive. And you know, this was a promise that was woven into the fabric of ministry long before it began. Jesus told them that they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this brings out the concept of baptism as we know it. You know, yesterday I talked about the immersion and how I was baptized. And it happened uh, about Jesus during his baptism. You know, the concept of total immersion and absolute covering. I want you to think about that. Absolute covering by the Holy Spirit. This was the condition that had to be fulfilled before anything else. And this absolute immersion, this absolute covering of the Holy Spirit would give them the power to perform miracles. The Holy Spirit would enlighten them, sanctify their soul, and set them on the divine path. And even though Jesus did not give the disciples the exact date when the promise would be fulfilled, they knew that they had to wait until when it was God's time. And you know, on hearing the words of Jesus, the disciples would have thought that he was speaking apocalyptically and thus their interest in knowing if the time had finally come for the kingdom of Israel to be restored. And we see Jesus rebuking them gently and refocusing their attention back to the Holy Spirit and their mission to be witnesses in the world. And in the conclusion of this dialogue, It's rather interesting because if you know the details, it ends in a declarative statement or something I would call a prophecy, which we see fulfilled. You know, it says, uh, 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 in one seven, as the apostles preach through Jerusalem, uh, in Acts eight twelve is a record of the gospel in Judea and Samaria. In Acts thirteen twenty eight is the gospel to the rest of the world. Just like Jesus had said, when He said, "You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be My witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world." And unlike the way Jesus appeared and reappeared after resurrection, we see him in the last of the few verses we have read today, being lifted to the heaven. This was designed so that the disciples would know he was gone for good this time. And the next phase was about to begin, because it was only after he was gone that the Holy Spirit, the helper, would descend. For the second time, the disciples appeared. Distracted by yet another event. And it's only after the angels have appeared and asked them, Why are you staring at the sky? that they remembered their commission was to go back to Jerusalem to wait upon the Holy Spirit. I know we've just begun this new series on outpowering. And like as we said today at the beginning, waiting is part of the process of getting what we want. The biblical sense of waiting, especially on the promise of God, is not a passive waiting. It is a process of becoming what God intends us to become. Even after the ground has been prepared and ready for the seed, a farmer knows to wait for the outpouring of the rain. It requires patience and understanding that God is in control of his promise and its fulfilling. And the period between the promise is given and when it is fulfilled is a time for us to set priorities right. It teaches us to persevere and train our focus on the promises of the Father, whose words is yes and amen. His promises are yes and amen. Are you ready for the outpouring? Have you been waiting for the outpouring? This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insight and this is Outpouring, day two. Shalom.